When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. People are what make ball special. People at every level come into work each day and give 100% to accomplish their goals. Our production techs are the front line in our can-making operations. They directly impact the volume of production we run, the quality of production we run, and are integral to our operations. Production techs are also important because as their skills grow, they are able to move into even more mechanical roles. Text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dunk two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. Hands on. Touchdown. Welcome in, welcome in to the Denver Sports Podcast, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. I am your host today, uh, just joined by one of my fellow DNBRites today on a nice little bonus edition of uh, the Denver Sports Podcast, AJ Hayfley. Uh, there's a lot to go over this week, so we're splitting this up into two shows, we're getting uh our kind of local overview out of the way. But first, how are you doing today? You and I were uh, putting some mimosas back yesterday. So I hope that uh, the the bad feelings hit you at the same time they did me, which was last night, and I was able to sleep them off. Uh, I didn't have any bad feelings. Nice. Good. Good feelings only. Yeah. Um, Obligatory... Just because it's a sports podcast, and I don't think you can have a sports podcast the Monday after the Super Bowl without asking, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? It's great. It's a great game. Yeah. Halftime show game. was was uh, an all-time great, and 
football game was entertaining beginning to end and there were commercials that I think I remembered. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up <clears throat> how like 95% of people's first conversations went this morning when they got to work. Um, and I agree with what you said. So let's just move on. It's enough Super Bowl talk, eh? <clears throat> um, had a great day yesterday down at the DNVR bar, uh, watched an avalanche for nothing win. Uh, had the Super Bowl going, good crowd at the bar, uh, mimosas, had some breakfast food going, had some lunch. Uh, so make sure you are making your way down there. Uh, but AJ, what you and I are going to talk about here today, we're just going to do kind of a quick snapshot. The Super Bowl is kind of like an unofficial marking point on the calendar where we're down to hockey and basketball. Uh, yeah, until those it means, it means we don't have to talk about football anymore, right? We don't That's have right. to talk about it, right? That's right. <laughs> so this one more day. Mean- this doesn't mean four months of draft coverage. Oh, right. it does. Oh, okay. wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. So this is actually when the NFL and football talk ramps up. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> For the teams that did not make the postseason, this is where it gets full real. Yeah. So we are going to touch a little bit on that uh, with the Broncos, but what you and I are going to do, AJ, just go through today. Now that we are at this point where baseball is on the horizon, we're gearing up for spring training. Uh, the NBA and the NHL, uh, the NBA's trade deadline just passed. The NHL's is coming up. Uh, so we are at this this weird point where it's playoff hockey and basketball uh, and baseball getting started as we <laughs> wait for football to start again, I guess. You know, one thing that always amazes me, considering that they're two sports that more or less have the same timeline, mm-hmm. um, like hockey starts a little earlier than basketball does um, yeah. most years. Right. Uh, but the you look at like their all-star breaks are completely different. They're weeks apart. apart. And this year, normally it's not normally, uh, it's not normally this big of a gap, but this year their trade deadline uh, is a full, full month, ahead month difference. Yeah. Uh, the big difference being that the NHL built in the Olympic, a three week Olympic break during February that was supposed to be happening. Yeah, um, that ended up it's not. And that's the big <laughs> that's the big reason why this is happening at all. Uh, but it's it is really weird to be like, yeah, the NBA's trade deadline just happened last week. It was chaotic. It was fun. It was interesting. It sh- reshaped the the championship race. It ended up it, it's going to be hugely impactful to how the playoffs play out. Yeah. And we're looking at the NHL trade deadline and the first big trade actually did just happen today. Yep. Um, so like the first domino has fallen and we're still five weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. No. So uh, if, if you're wanting to hear a little bit more about that trade and what those dominoes falling kind of means, stick around for hour Later. two of AJ and Jesse <laughs> uh, on the DNVR avalanche podcast coming up here in about an hour at one. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, you're, you're right. It's, it's just a really fascinating uh, kind of time frame that we're in. And then as I look over to my left, you got the Olympics going on. So it is a really interesting kind of sports conversation um, time right now. But like I said, we, you and I want to take a quick snapshot, um, just kind of take inventory of where uh, the Rockies, the Broncos, the Nuggets, and the Abs are at right now. I think you've got four teams and maybe the abs and the nuggets are kind of on similar trajectories, kind of similar expectations ish. 
Um, but otherwise, the the Rockies and the Broncos are, are really in two different places, even from each other. Um, yeah, so let's start running through that a little bit. And, and let's <laughs> uh, our poor Rockies. And, and Patrick was uh, being a good sport about it last week. They didn't get much love in the Goaties this year. Um, it has been a rough, rough stretch for the uh, the, the Rocks. Uh 74 and 87 last year. They finished second to last in the division. Obviously, the big Nolan Arenado trade was the story for much of last year. Uh, but AJ, you made a comment on TDSP last week, actually, that if you dive into those players that they have gotten back, maybe it, it hasn't been as bad as maybe everyone was kind of fearing. Um, they're They're turning out a little bit nicer prospects than maybe we thought. Where are the Rockies at right now, and what should we really be kind of expecting? Well, the, the you know, the Rockies are in kind of a familiar position where uh, that playoff window that they had built into, um, they made the postseason in back-to-back years for the first time in franchise history. Um, they're coming off of arguably their most successful window, um, in just in terms of building a sustained team and, and the talent level that they had on hand. Uh, and I think obviously the, the Arenado thing is singular in its frustration, but the, there are so many other little things surrounding it. The, uh, that they're losing John Gray and Trevor story in free agency. Yeah. Um, and nothing. Yeah. For, for essentially nothing, um, with baseball's lockout ongoing, um, it's already the second longest labor dispute in baseball history. And I just I just realized that was why you started smirking when I said we have spring training coming up. Yeah, yeah, because uh, pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting in a week or two, uh, yeah. and there won't be, I don't think. Um, <laughs> right, but you never know. Uh, deadline spur action is one of my favorite sayings, and yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, they're starting to get pushed up against it in term in terms of the they need three weeks of spring training before the season starts. Right. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but ignoring the lockout aspect of this, yeah, uh, the the Rockies are in a familiar place. They need to they need to reload with young talent. They need they're not a destination for free agents. Uh, they are uh, a franchise that needs to develop internally. Um, they they are a they're a franchise that needs to thrive on quality culture. Yeah. And I yes. think they were, I think they were doing okay there until yep. all of this went sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because I don't, I, I mean, like there have always been frustrations with the Munfords. Like famously mm-hmm. the Rockies go to the world series in 2007. And when presented with the, the NL pennant, you know, the, the fans booed Dick Mun- the Munford family. Like, <laughs> right. like yeah on the field at your greatest accomplishment of all time to in your franchise's history on that, in that moment. And people were still like F these guys. Right. Yeah. It's not like the, the bad feelings regarding the Munfords are anything new, but you could have made the argument a couple of years ago, rewind four years. You could have made the argument that, the Rockies had cultivated arguably their best culture, yes. their most talented roster, uh, that they were 
they were moving in a direction that we had been wanting to see them move in a, for a long time. The frustration was that, and, it, and they were spending money. They were spending a lot of money in free agency to, to try and patch obvious holes. Yeah. And they just spent it poorly. And well, it was, when you talk about culture, it's, everything is, everything is easy when you're winning games. Culture culture does not truly show through until the times start to get challenging. Yeah. And when it came time to answer for the failed moves, that's where Jeff Breidich completely fell apart. Yeah. And as we would learn, like Jeff Breidich's inability to cultivate any kind of meaningful relationships uh, and succeed on the human side of things, disastrous. Yeah. And then you had Dick Munford, who had blocked a number of trades that might have helped the Rockies because of, you know, that's our guy. We don't want that guy to move, you know? Right, right. And so it's you're you're talking it's just an organization that's not been in sync. Yeah. And that's the the, you know, look, hiring Bill Schmidt, who was a purely internal hire, has been with the Rockies organization forever. <laughs> It's a really tough sell. Yeah, I was going to say it's, a, it's tough. That's tough to sell to a fan base. It's a really uh, look. Hiring Joe Sackick as GM when the Avs weren't any good was an easy sell because his name was Joe Sackick. But that's it. Like, right. that's the only reason that they were able to get away with that. And then look, he had a tough couple of years, but he's turned himself into one of the best general managers. Yeah. The. The problem with the Rockies and look, Bill Schmidt deserves an opportunity to prove he can handle the job. Mm -hmm. But from a faith perspective, there isn't any. Well, in, in your culture, the culture conversation, I think, is so interesting because, like you said, yeah, go back a couple of years here. And <clears throat> I remember the conversation really being Nathan McKinnon, Nikola Jokic, Vaughn Miller. Nolan Arenado, all four of these teams had cornerstones. Obviously, the Broncos were just coming off a of Super Bowl, yeah. so they weren't necessarily trending but, up in the same way. But each guy, had, each team had a Hall of Fame caliber player sitting right, right. there. And, and you were really sitting there, and the Rockies had been to the postseason two years in a row. Like you said, first time they had ever done it. And that was the first time maybe ever that I remember feeling genuine optimism about where the, the Rockies were going. And you step back and you were looking at all the teams in Denver and you were saying they've all got their cornerstone and they're all building and they're all finding new success that they haven't either for a long time or, you know, in the case of the nuggets and the Rockies ever. Um, yeah, and, we were, and you felt we were really in good a position where the, the Denver Broncos were the worst team in town. Right. For, for the first time ever, we'd never, never felt that way before. Right. Like, Exactly. And, and, and it seemed like with the Rockies, it all just switched, you know, and, and they had just extended Nolan Arenado and everyone thought that he was going to be yeah. moved a couple of years prior. And, and suddenly it, it just on, on, on a dime, it flipped for the Rockies and it seems like it's kind of been in this free fall ever since. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the franchise is now having to rebuild basically. I mean, you're, they won't say that they're like, we think we have too much talent on look, they still, even without John Gray, they still have remnants of their best, the best pitching staff that they've ever had. They just gave right. Sensatella a new deal. Uh, he continues to show flashes of being above average. 
And even if he's not, he's a he's a perfectly serviceable number four, number five starter. He's fine. Yeah. You've got Austin Gomber, who showed really well last year. There were a couple of disasters in there, but showed <laughs> really, really well more often than not yeah. as one of the centerpieces of the Arenado deal. You yep. still have Kyle Freeland. You still have Herman Marquez. You're talking, you're talking about like that's a really talented rotation. If they turned around and traded all those guys away, the goal would be to go out and try and find guys who are as good as the guys that they just got rid of. Right. So right. they're in kind of a weird spot where they have the best pitching that they are going to have arguable probably for a for a while. Long time. Uh, even even with John Gray leaving and it's frustrating, right? Um that they get nothing for him. Um, yeah. That just too bad, right? Like it's too bad yeah. that they just they just botched such an obvious. Like even even if the return that you get isn't very good, watching him walk for nothing for nothing, so, right? Dude. So the level of delusion there isn't great because yeah. you have to be lying to yourself to think that that was handled okay yeah but they're one is it's it's in a weird spot now like they're just in a weird spot where they have to rebuild but they don't where they are like it's obvious for us to sit here and see this but and and they're in the most competitive division in baseball Mm -hmm. there's a gigantic arms race between the dodgers and padres that took place and then the giants just won 100 games out of nowhere and right. they have the kind of financial resources and the kind of culture and the kind of just good things are always happening to that franchise. Well, Rousing is just, you just the giants. Don't even, yeah. You just don't even know what's going on there. Like you, So now, now you're chasing like a true juggernaut in the Dodgers. Yeah. And the Padres and Giants are significantly ahead of you. So even if they tried to talk themselves into competing, this is a really You're bad time off. to do it. Yeah, it's just a bad time to do it. So it's it's a tough spot to be in. It really is. It's uh they're they they should rebuild. They need to think they need to be trying to plan for a window four years from now when Zach Veen and Benny Montgomery and Drew Romo uh are all fully grown, fully formed. Ready. Well, and, and, then and you kind of just go from there. You said something there that I think is actually kind of like a perfect summary of where the Rockies have been the last few years. It was disappointing to see them handle that situation like that. And I just feel like that's kind of how it's been that, that there's been a bunch of forks in the yeah. road where it's like, all right, you can make this movie, you, you know, option a or option B. And they've chosen, it seems like the wrong one, the majority of times the last couple of years after seemed like it was going in the other direction for so long. Yeah. Um, so I, I, to, I agree to with you. the Rockies question that we have in the chat, Kyle Schwarber for the Rockies would be fun. They need to implement the universal DH before that happens. Cause he doesn't really, he's a, he's kind of a positionless guy at this point <laughs> uh, and watching him roam, wander around in the outfield and cores would be nightmarish. Um, so the universal DH and then I, you know, you can consider it and he'd be fun, right? He's such a, such a quality hitter, um, when he's played well, but it, again, to what end? Right. So, so, so 
the Rockies are are in a really weird spot. They need to they need to make up their they need to decide on a rebuild. It's not that they need to make up with their mind what they're doing. They need to truly commit to it. And I, I love what you just yeah. said right there. Start building for the team four years from now yeah. and see where you're at in four years. The other team that we're going to talk about before we uh, do our first little break here um, is the other team that I think they're not in a weird position, but they are, I think, in the most interesting position uh, in of, of all the four major uh, Colorado sports teams. The Denver Broncos, five straight losing seasons since winning the Super Bowl. Um, it's been a lot of stagnant. They've tried a bunch of kind of quick patches at quarterback. I personally think that their their bigger issues were starting up at the top. Um, ownership, management. Obviously, there's been some <laughs> bit of a coaching carousel as well. They got the coach figured out with a guy that seems to, I, I'm pretty high on from just what I've seen of him here, what you know about him. Uh, I think he could be a good fit. You've, you've kicked John Elway upstairs. So he's kind of got his hands off the day to day. They're officially up for sale for a new owner. Um, is the only thing now missing the quarterback, AJ? Well, I mean, they still don't have an owner and you want to have that sorted out you want to have your organization kind of in lockstep moving forward all the pieces have to be moving and you know everybody has to pull the rope in the same direction yeah and i think in the last couple of years you've you've had an ownership issue um i think hiring george payton and empowering him to do to to, to turn over the keys and for you know for john elway to be like hey i'm i stepped back for a reason back. this isn't my thing anymore you know, I'm happy to consult. I'd love to be around for it. I'd love to be part of the process. But we hired a guy to to call these shots. He's calling the shots. Yeah. And I think empowering George Payton there is really, really, I think it was a really important decision. And I yeah, feel good I while they transition the ownership situation. Now that they are going to be for sale, that they are, you know, hopefully somebody is going to purchase them. Uh, and that this situation does get resolved. And you hope that you don't have skeezy shysters for, for owners, <laughs> like what the Coyotes yeah. have been dealing with for the last Dude. 20 years. You know, like you hope that you get a legit owner that's committed. Uh, you you just, you would love to get Pat Bowen 2.0. You want the guy that, that comes in and, uh, you know, gets ingrained in the community and uh, cares about the community and reaches out and, doesn't take the fan base for granted, which is what it's kind of felt like uh, the last couple of years that some of the connection with the fans isn't as good as it used to be Yep. Um, without the guy at the top, you know, Joel's not getting it done there. Um, but, but from a football standpoint, I mean, yeah, it's about the quarterback, man. Like they've got plenty of talent. I think you look across the roster and you have, all right, well, they've got a pretty good left tackle and they've got, They've got skill position guys, wide receiver, mm -hmm. tight end, and running back that all have various selling points that you can yeah. get excited about. You, yeah. uh, you've got you've got a stud at cornerback that you just drafted that just came off a very good rookie year. You have quality players kind of on all levels of the defense. Now you really need to replenish some talent on at, at defensive line and linebacker, but you've got amongst the most money to play with in free agency. And you have a lot of draft capital. 
Now, if you use up a lot of that to go and solve the quarterback issue, great. That's right, by right. far your biggest problem. <laughs> that's all good and well. Yeah. Because uh, for the last several years, they've been putting a Band-Aid on a, on a bullet wound. And yeah. it turns out that's a great way to bleed out. Well, so it, they've gotten they've gotten nowhere with the with the bridge quarterback crazy. like trying to you know trying to just quick fix kind of route. Yeah, um, they need they need a solution there. They need a it, solution it, there. It, it's reminded me a little bit of what we saw the ABS do with that decor in the early 2010s. Um, you know, kind of late two thousands where it was, there's options out there, but instead of allocating draft picks or mm -hmm. legitimate assets, legitimate money, we're going to try to kind of shop out of the bargain bin and find someone that's good enough to kind of hold this over Find And obviously it's a little bit different. You're talking about a decor versus the quarterback, but it was such an area of deficiency for the avalanche for so long that they tried to fix through the bargain bin like you said, well, it's a great way to bleed out and reminded me parallels of, of what, how the Broncos uh, handled the quarterback. Can, and, and the difference, I would, the difference between those is that the Broncos have tried. Like they, they've used first and draft, second yes. round picks in, in yeah. the draft on quarterbacks. Now it didn't work. Um, and that's, you know, part of the process is that you're yeah. going to miss sometimes. Uh, they've, they've made some, you know, the, the Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen thing right now looks like a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. If, if Bradley Chubb could stay healthy, you'd probably hate it less, but right. You know, hindsight 2020 Funny. being what it is, <laughs> right? Like it's, if you go back on the day of that draft, it was a coup for them. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, but it, anyway, like they've tried. Um, and whereas the avalanche weren't even trying, <laughs> weren't even making the attempt, they, they yeah. had no, they didn't use any first or second. They, I think they used one second round pick. It was Chris Begra in 2013. Chris, I was, I was going to say a Begra, yeah, and that was it. That was that was the highest guy that they otherwise it was just a whole slew of randos in late rounds. Yeah. Like, let's get lucky and have a miracle, right? Well, that didn't happen. So, yeah. well, I guess, and actually, oh man, and, and now it makes, I just feel no, bad for the kid. Duncan Siemens. Too. Yeah. But we're talking, that was, that was 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, so you're, you're um, talking like deep into the well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, like the, the, the Broncos, the Broncos have allocated some assets there. Like they've yeah. made some attempts, Yeah, but no, then right. they like, like they brought in Drew Locke. And then even this last year, they bring in Drew Locke and, but, but it, they bring in Teddy Bridgewater. They kept bringing in a guy to compete with right. the young kid instead of just giving the job to the young kid and letting him sink or swim. Because well, it's and, like, and look, if he's if he sinks, your season is over and you're in you're drafting in the top ten anyway. If he right. swims, then you have your answer. <laughs> right, right. You don't yeah, need it, to worry about this anymore. And this like this just the tip approach that they've had for the last <laughs> few years. It just it hasn't served them in any yeah. in any functional way. Well, and 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 the the quarterback, like you said, competitions they, they felt kind of loaded, right? Because those situations that you're putting a lot of these younger kids in, relative to the quarterbacks that they're bringing in, again, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was totally fine. I mean, he was whatever this last season. You know what I mean? Like honestly, like could he stayed healthy? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's they, fine. they genuinely like came close 
to making making the they, they they obviously flame out at the very very end, but like they came close enough to making the postseason. We were like, they played meaningful games later than they had at any yeah. of the last what three seasons. Yeah, baby steps. And and but the issue with it being a competition is you brought in these guys who their play style is going to lend better to looking like they are the more competent one through preseason, through practice reps. So you never really set up any of these young quarterbacks. We put in a position where they were truly winning the job, because if you were going to name, you know, Paxton Lynch, I mean, I guess maybe you're talking about a little bit of a different conversation there with Drew Locke, but at what point were, was Drew Locke or Paxton Lynch set up to look like the better quarterback? in preseason relative to the other people that they brought in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Veterans it, and who play it safe, complete a lot of passes. And yeah. They, you know, like bringing in Case Keenum off like a career year, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Like that... Whatever, whatever Joe Flacco was, uh, you know, like it was just. Predictable, That's one frust- of those... frustrating, like this, this, like, come on, dude. The Joe Flacco and, one was like what we were talking about yesterday. Championships are a hell of a drug. Yeah. Like, well, when you look at, you look at uh, some of the different franchises around the league and like Washington just sort of like falls backwards into Taylor Heineke. Who's like fine, but they just turned it over. They were like, just give it to the kid. Right. Just quit messing. Give it to the kid, you know? And like certain situations force their hand, but look what happened. Like they got mm-hmm. decent football out of a guy. It's not, not their long-term solution. I am aware that they are in the quarterback market as well, <laughs> but like they, you've got functional football out of those guys though. Yes. Is, is the thing. And the, just the, the half in half out approach is just what drove me crazy because it was like, all right, we invested in the young guys and now we're afraid to play it. It's kind of what we've whined about on the abs beat for years mm-hmm. with, they get guys to the AHL. They put guys in the top six. They play a hundred games, and then we just sort of forget about them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "All right, I guess we just won't <laughs> see what they can do at the next level." <laughs> right? Yeah. No. So it's 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 been a really interesting last couple of years. What I think has made the Broncos last couple of years so, and maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I just find it so interesting how similar their records have been. I think they went what three straight years finishing with the identical record with an identical record. And, and now this year they add a couple wins, but it's just been interesting to see the different makes up, make makeups of these teams, the different personnel they've had in place, both on the field and on the sidelines and kind of arrive at the same result. And the one constant has been, you don't have your solution at quarterback. Yeah. And the NFL has become a league where if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And that's just yeah. it. You don't it, look. Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl against Joe Burrow, and I don't know that. I don't know that before this past season started, anybody would have had. Uh, how many people would have had both guys in the top ten of quarterbacks? Right now, there was obviously like Joe Burrow was drafted first overall like two years ago, <laughs> and Matt Stafford has had a very productive career in Detroit, yeah. and has proven that he could play. So there was no doubt that they were quality players but i don't know that many people would have said that they were bona fide top 10 they just faced off for the super bowl which is it goes it goes to show you that like you don't necessarily need the mvp but you need a guy that's that can play at a high level yeah 
And, and when you have when you have a good roster, and you look at that Bengals roster, and you're like, look, look what good good coaching can do for you. Yeah, because that was a roster that like there was a reason that they were underdogs in every game that they played in the postseason. <laughs> There's a reason that they had to go on the road to win games. You know that they mm-hmm. they made the postseason, and they did they they did a great job. And like kudos to them for making it work. Like that was. They overperformed everybody's yeah. expectations, but there's a reason those expectations existed because the talent on hand in a lot of levels of the roster was questionable and they made it, they may do. And the quarterback paper the quarterback, especially can paper over a lot of things, a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that they are going to be uh, the storyline uh, in Denver sports over the next year, but I think the Broncos have one of the most, um, intriguing storylines from the standpoint of th- there's just a lot of unknowns. Don't, don't know which direction it's going to go. Um, there's now reports that green Bay is going to be throwing all kinds of money and stuff at, at Aaron Rodgers. They're going to make all kinds of attempts to keep him. Yeah. on. A lot of moving pieces for the Broncos. Definitely. They're, they're going to be a very, very interesting one uh, to keep track of. This is the Denver Sports Podcast brought to you by our good friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Jesse and AJ here talking Denver and Colorado sports. Really going to remind you guys about uh, one of our newest partnerships over at Athletic Greens. Uh, It's a product that I am working my way towards using every day. Uh, Look, I've never been uh, someone who does the, you know, the shakes and the smoothies and stuff in the morning. Uh, but I can legitimately tell a difference in the way that I feel uh, when I take this stuff. I'm not a huge coffee drinker. Uh, there's been other things in the past that I've tried to kind of like simulate that because, you know, get, you know, get energy up in, in the morning and on days like today, the Monday after the Super Bowl. And uh, genuinely, ath- Athletic Greens has been something for me that I feel better. I feel more energized um, and, and just kind of gets me with it uh, a little bit more uh in the morning, I've always had, you know, the excuses that I didn't have time. Uh, you know, it takes too long to make a smoothie. takes too long to blend all this up. Um, I, I wanted to have more energy, especially with everything going wrong, uh, around right now. Wanted to help out my immune system, and I just didn't ever like taking all the pills and vitamins and stuff like that. Uh, now, it's one scoop of Athletic Greens into a cup of water, and you drink it, and that is it. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recover, uh, recovery, focus, aging, all the things, everything. And uh, it, it does it all with just one scoop. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, which I have done, I was doing uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, uh, while still tasting very, very good. Uh, It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than that cold brew habit habit that you know you've got. Uh, Right now, it's time to reclaim your health, everybody, and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially 
We are in the thick of flu and cold season. Uh, And you know, you got that vid out there floating around as well. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash TDSP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash TDSP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now we also have new partner alert here, and I'm uh, very excited about this one. It's Valentine's Day, so red is the color of the day, but we just had Athletic Greens. Now we've got Green Chef. It's a very green day here on TDSP. Uh, Green Chef is a uh, meal kit company, a CCOF certified meal kit company. Makes it easy, uh, makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Sounds a little familiar here. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. It is America's number one meal eating kit for eating well with dinners that work for you and not the other way around. Um, I have tried some of the meal um, supplement, or I guess not meal supplement, but the meal plans where they send them to you. Um, they're all nice. They're, you know, they all work. Um, but, but really, the way that Green Chef sends it to you really does. It makes it super easy. Everything's pre-measured out. Everything's diced the way you need it to. So you just put it all together. It makes it super easy. I have always fighted cooking at home because I don't like the mess. I don't like having to clean up. I don't like how long it takes. Uh, not the case with Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash DNBR130. Use the code DNBR130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, that is greenchef.com slash DNBR130 and use the promo code DNBR130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. The number one meal kit for eating well. The, DN, uh, the Denver Sports Podcast uh, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Jesse and AJ here. Got a couple last teams to tackle. Uh, do you want to go abs or nuggets here? Uh, let's talk about the abs just because they're, I think, they're the most straightforward. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're uh, on the top of the NHL. They're in a championship hunt. They're about to have a big trade deadline where they, you know, potentially. They're looking to get over the hump. Make big moves to add to a really, really good team as it is. Yeah. Uh, they started the season four, five, and one. Since that stretch, they are 33 and three. So That's to say they're 30 dash three dash three. I don't want to make the same Jonathan yeah. Quick mistake that we made on our show where yeah. <laughs> he wasn't 26 and two. It was 26 yeah. Six and two. And two. <laughs> 33 and three. 
That Jonathan Quick one, you said when you read that, like, yeah, 26 and two. I was like, 26 and two. Like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. 26. Now 27 two. and two. Pun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to say that the abs are trending up is an understatement. I was actually talking to someone this morning. Um, if there's ever a year that you're going to say, wow, this, this feels kind of like the year. Um, I, I mean, th- this is it. This is the best. I think we've seen them play um, this core under this coach. And uh, like you said, they're, they're, they're looking to like truly add for the first time this deadline to try to push them over that hump. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and look, there's plenty of good arguments that they don't need to go that big. Um, for me, it's mostly just like they can. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm kind of like, do you really want to look back on this and say we could have done more? Yep. Like you don't want to leave anything on the table. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you have to clean out the cupboard or anything, but with the quality of players that are available at the deadline, uh, that have that are likely to be available at this at this year's deadline. Look, it's not very often that a guy as as good as Claude Giroux or maybe a Joe Pavelski are yeah. available at the trade deadline. Like right. not all deadlines are are made the same. You know, a couple of years ago the Abs won the deadline when they traded for Mikhail Bodker. And yeah. Mikhail, and like Mikhail Bodker was great in Colorado. Yeah, he had a, he had a good run here. Like 18 points in 20 games. Like he was really <laughs> solid. He lived up to his end of that that deal and yeah. was out of the NHL in 2 years. So, yeah. very very different kind of deadline uh with the forward talent, you know, Tyler Toffoli got moved today. And mm-hmm. Tyler Toffoli could be a guy who scored 20 goals like 5 or 6 years of his career who signed for a couple more years at a really reasonable price. You know, he is a, he, he could be the fourth or fifth best forward moved at the deadline. Yeah. And then, and in some years he would have been easily the best guy available. Yeah. The, the and headliner. you're just talking about this, this, this is the kind of deadline it's setting up to be kind of kismet for, for the abs where there are better players available than normal. And the abs have the, they still have the assets to do the big thing if they really, yep. really want to, if but the they price have is right. to believe yep. in it. And I would, I would say, if you look at the big deals that Colorado has pulled off, all of their big trades in the last several years have gone well, and most they've of trusted their, their pro scouting. Most of their medium-sized trades have gone well. Yeah, you know the the one the the one you look at last year's deadline. Soderberg for Ryder Rolston. That one, that one hurts a little today. At the time, it was kind of like, okay, we didn't really understand how washed Carl was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nemeth, Nemeth has been on a steady nose. He was fine in Detroit and has been on a steady nosedive since then to the point where he predictably got a multi-year contract in free agency and totally fell apart in New York. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, the nibbling has kind of been okay. You look at Nemesnikov was fine. Nemes- yep. Nemesnikov for a fourth was totally fine. I liked that one, actually. Derek Broussard for a third, not so good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like there's they've, – they've kind of gone the middle of the road route, the, mid, the mid-range the mid prices. Uh, 
this year they could they could do that, and I think they should do that on defense. Mm-hmm. But they're so good on so many levels of the roster, where Bowen Byram is the biggest question. The biggest their biggest like what if right now is if Byram if Byram ends up getting through the concussion issues and coming back, you have a bona fide top four. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you all you, you need is need that fringe piece hard for that. Where you know the Nachushkin and Burakovsky are producing, and obviously Kadri producing in career career paces, career best paces. In Kadri, he's already done it. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've got you've got guys who are you've got you've got guys who are producing beyond your top line. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, if you go and get one more guy, and one of those guys gets pushed down, and it makes you just that much better. Mm-hmm. You're making me think that there's news breaking right now. No, my phone's voice activation thing. Oh, <laughs> it's going off, man. It's been doing this the last couple of days where it keeps going off and I'm not talking to it. So, anyway. <laughs> so that's um, great. <laughs> yeah. So uh so the abs are the abs are in a great spot. Uh again, they're they're at the top, they're destroying the Western Conference at the moment. Uh they're in the president's yeah. trophy chase again, and you know they're they're coming off of what was the fourth or fifth longest home winning streak in NHL history. Yeah. So and they're still on the point streak. Yeah, they they haven't lost in regulation in the this this year literally, and like we'll we'll see right like they they've got a tough stretch coming up this week and next, uh, with two games in Vegas on Sega Babas. Yep. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Yeah, that's a that's a tough ask. Yeah, NHL schedulers didn't do them any favors uh, with the with the makeup games for sure. Um, you and I are going to be talking way more abs here in about 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. So uh, let's get on to our our last thing we'll discuss today, and then next time we'll have to have you here on to help us uh, get some rapids updates. Um, but- yeah, not having the college not having the college beats represented sucks because yeah. I'm I'm the guy that makes fun of them all the time, so I'm the ba- I'm a bad voice to talk college sports in Colorado. Um, but AJ, let's talk about the Nuggets because this is another one that again they went to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. Um, they got close. They've got the bona fide superstar in Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. This season has been plagued by injuries to the point where a lot of people were kind of punting on this one. Well, now suddenly. Like you just said, or like you said a few minutes ago, the trade deadline is passed. You're sitting in a fine position. And now it sounds like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are about to get back into the mix. Yeah, and like them potentially being cleared is great. Mm-hmm. But being cleared and then neither guy will probably be very close to 100% at any point during this run, whatever this run ends up being. Mm-hmm. And You don't even think that that Murray? I, I mean, I, I just think that there's so much, like there's, there's a different level of they got cleared to play, they can play in a game, and then they're peak form 100%, right? right. And I just don't think I mean, Jamal Murray is going to be so much further ahead of where he is now in July and August. 
right. when they aren't playing basketball than physic just physically than yeah. where he'll be whenever whenever he gets cleared and whatever you know whatever happens um so i i just i'm still kind of punting on this year uh because even if hey even if those guys make it in time for the last 10 15 games of the season or whatever it ends up being that's not enough time for them to like they've been gone for so long you know they that them trying to everybody trying to adjust to new roles and and you know it's not like jamal murray's gonna and and mpj are gonna roll out there and be like all right well now we're playing 35 minutes you know (laughs) like they're just there's there's gonna be restrictions you need to you need time to ramp up coming back from those injuries and I don't know that they're going to have enough of it for them to be. They're just not going to be a hundred percent. They're not going to be what we think of as Jamal Murray and MPJ. Right. They're not going to be at the peak of their powers. So I'm still saying I'm still kind of punting on this year, but mm-hmm. I think that they, obviously, those guys coming back, they're going to put the fear of God into somebody in a play in right. a postseason series. Yeah. And if they can avoid the play in. And they can get into the top half, you know, the really, if they could get to that fifth seed, it would be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, Might be a little, might be a little aspirational, but uh, whoever, whoever draws them in the first round, if those guys are healthy, you're like, bro, I don't want, I don't want that smoke. Like I really, that's, it's going to be a dog. It's not going to be any sons and four bullshit. Right. 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 It was just, the team was completely spent. It was broken. They were they were done, right? Like they were just done. It's that's not that's not how that will that series will go. It'll it may it, the the Nuggets may still go out in the first round, uh, but it you it feels like boy, they're gonna be a really really ugly out. Well, it just it just seems like one of those almost kind of like a not a trap series because obviously whoever gets them like it aren't they're not picking the Nuggets. But just where where the team has been at all season, the, the level that they've kind of played at, and to the point that you're making right now, even with Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back, they're not going to be playing the same roles next week that they'll be playing in a first-round playoff series. Um, and and it just it feels like you're going to get a Nuggets team that's seated lower than they probably should be with a, with a full roster. Yeah. And so they may even end up being, you know, you know, the, I think they'll likely end up being a, a lower seed. Um, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't really think it's going to feel like that once you actually get those. Yeah, I mean, like you're upstart Memphis, right? And you're loving like John Morant as a superstar. He's going to put himself in the MVP conversation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, your team is fun. You're deep. You're really versatile. You're good defensively. There's a lot of things that you love about the Grizz, this Grizzlies team. And you draw a suddenly healthy Nuggets team in the first round <laughs> that yeah. is quietly built some pretty good playoff experience, has a little bit of swagger to it, and is going to get an edge back and is going to get it. Like, just think emotionally just what Jamal Murray brings, not just on the floor mm-hmm. the, in terms of his his actual ability, but the, the swagger, the alpha that yeah. he has always been. I mean, that's a, that's, that's one where you're it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of reminiscent to when the Nuggets helped kick off the Warriors dynasty several years back <laughs> when uh, the higher seeded Nuggets drew the Warriors and the Warriors were just a nightmare for them. Yeah. And 
the warrior the warriors were just like yeah we got this mm-hmm. like that was a that was a, a mess for the nuggets you could see you could see it going kind of like that for like a well like the Pistons, I, I mean for to to use another example, not basketball, but the Avs in Calgary a couple of years ago uh, in, in, in the playoffs. Yeah. That was when, you know, yeah. Calgary's the number one seed. Yeah, the Avs, te- I guess not technically, very literally, were the last, you know, last wild card spot. But the details around that weren't, that wasn't a last wild card, wild card team. And then you add Kale McCarr right as the playoffs were getting going. And it was just a completely Mid-season. different group. Right, mid series and, and Calgary just had no answer and and that is kind of now we look back at that Avs Nashville series, but kind of like what you're saying, that kind of jump started the abs to where they're at now. You look at this Nuggets team, and you say, Do you get a chance to kind of play that role but having the last couple of years of experience in your back pocket going to a Western conference final? Um I'm I'm really excited to see um what they look like come playoff time. I agree with you. I think getting those two players back won't be the huge boon immediately that, that we all kind of think it will, or that yeah. it feels like it might be, but uh, come playoff time, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Yeah. That Nashville series might actually be a better comp to what might, will happen with the, where the, the, the abs pushed Nashville mm-hmm. hard and it was just, the abs just weren't quite ready. Like you go back yeah. and you rewatch that series and there were moments where they could have, if this goes differently, if this happens, that happens, you know, if one or two things change and they aren't on their third string goaltender by the right. end of it, um, then maybe, maybe this happens a little bit differently, but yeah, that was one where the apps, the apps pushed Nashville hard. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think whoever draws the nuggets in the postseason again, if they avoid the play in and they can stay away from golden state and Phoenix. Yeah. And they, open themselves up to playing somebody else in the first round. I think you could really see, I mean, it, it would be, they'll be, they'll be everybody's favorite upset pick, but yeah. <laughs> also like it may, they may not be quite ready for that, but they could easily do that. Like they could do what the abs did to Calgary, where it was like, we look back on that and we're like four one, but two overtime games, like, right. Like it was a closer series than we recall. Yeah, just that 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 game to put it all away was so dominant that it feels yeah, like yeah. Well, games games three and five were heavily tilted, yeah, in Colorado's favor. That we look back on it and are like, yeah, they smoked the flames. <laughs> and that's how I think you could. You, there's a very real possible. Like I'm guarding against expectations with those guys, but playoff experience is so important. It's a real thing, both, man. In, in both the NBA and NHL that uh the, the the nuggets playoff experience could help them in a first round series especially against a greener team like memphis where yep. a lot of guys who haven't been there uh, haven't seen that yet could be could be really fun so yeah i'm looking forward to i'm i'm just i'm just excited to to be excited about the yeah. nuggets again. <laughs> because yeah. every game watching every game is like nikola jokic is doing unbelievable things and it hasn't felt like it's mattered at all. Right. He's having another MVP caliber season. Um, and yet, hasn't yeah, it's like, had it's that like watching Carter McDavid in Edmonton every year. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, AJ, well, you and I do have the DNVR Avalanche podcast coming up here in just a few minutes. So I think we are going to get out of here. If you guys want to hear a little bit more about the abs, um, jump on over to that show, which should be getting going here at one. Uh, but AJ had a fun time uh, getting kind of caught up on everything. We'll do this again as we move into the summer. Um, just kind of take a, a, you know an assessment of where everyone is at. Uh, so really appreciate you taking the time out. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. Uh, shout out to our producer, Yahir, behind the scenes, making sure you guys can see and hear us. This is the Denver Sports Podcast brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. We will talk to you guys on Thursday.